The first Bible reading is taken from the, chap- uh, the, the book of Luke, chapter 12, reading from verse 616. It's on page 1619 of the large print Bibles. Somebody got the page number for the small? 725 in the small print Bibles. Luke chapter 12, reading from verse 16. And he told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man yielded an abundant harvest. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink and be merry. This is the word of the Lord. Second reading is taken from the book of Ecclesiastes, which in the Pew Bibles is found on page 463, and on the large print, page 1040. So page 463 in the Pew Bibles, 1040 in the large print. And it's Ecclesiastes chapter 5, starting at verse 10 through to 20. Whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. As goods increase, so do those who consume them. And what benefit are they to the owners except to feast their eyes on them? The sleep of a labourer is sweet, whether they eat little or much. But as for the rich... Their abundance permits them no sleep. I have seen a grievous evil under the sun. Wealth hoarded to the harm of its owners, or wealth lost through some misfortune, so that when they have children there is nothing left for them to inherit. Everyone comes naked from their mother's womb, and as everyone comes, so they depart. They take nothing from their toil, that they carry on in their hands. This too is a grievous evil. As everyone comes, so they depart. And what do they gain, since they toil for the wind? All their days they eat in darkness, with great frustration, affliction and anger. This is what I have observed to be good. That is appropriate for a person to eat to drink and to find satisfaction in their toilsome labour under the sun during the few days of life God has given them, for this is their lot. Moreover, when God gives someone wealth and possessions and the ability to enjoy them, they accept their lot and be happy in their toil. This is a gift of God. They seldom reflect on the days of their life because God keeps them occupied with gladness of heart. This is the word of the Lord. Is it just me that worrying was worried that it wasn't in the middle? Yeah, anyway. ACD, sorry about that. 
this film. Anyway, uh, today is the first in a series, uh, our Easter Fest series, and uh, we're going to be thinking about the whole idea of secrets. Today we're going to be thinking about success. Next week we're going to be thinking about the secret of uh, security, and then uh, some of the best-kept secrets of Easter uh, over the Easter weekend. Um, and so today's secret of success. Let me pray for us, and then we'll uh, look at God's Word together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for uh, your word. We thank you that in it you reveal yourself to us. Father, we come together this morning uh, ready to hear what you have to say. Give us minds that are ready uh, and open to, to, to your Spirit's work in us, that we might come out of here different people who are ready to be successful uh, as we seek to honour you. Amen. We live in a society that is driven by success. Uh, we live a society that loves success at all costs, really. And success is something that is, is uh, kind of hammered into us throughout our lives. It's there right at the very beginning of our lives as children. And so your children might have come home with one of these. We love to see our kids come home with report cards. And our report cards are now designed in such a way that nobody ever fails. You just uh, show what you succeed in. We point out the things that you succeed in. Uh, so you might get, they might get a sticker that says that you are the most improved student. We look at people who are succeeding. They doesn't necessarily have to get to a particular mark. We just want them to see that they're improving. That is success. Uh, or if really they, they, they don't even manage to uh, improve or whatever, at least sometimes they might end up with a certificate at the end of the year which says you have finished this year. You have attained this year. You've successfully navigated year two or whatever it might be. Um, we love our children to be successful. Uh, the same thing happens on the sporting field and so that people are given trophies for the player of the week and the player of the year and the most improved player and the best team player. We love to see our kids succeed. When they play music, they, they, they go through grade one, grade two, grade three and so on. Uh, we want to see our, our children succeed. But of course, it's not just our children that we want to succeed. It, it keeps going when you're a teenager. And so when you're a teenager, there's this big mountain that's put before you, the high school certificate, and you work towards the HSC. You want to succeed at the HSC. And when people have done the HSC, they go, or people will often ask them, well, how did you go? And they may not get a very good mark, whatever it is, but the question is, did you get into what you, get into, you wanted to get into? If you've done that, well, then you've succeeded. We want our teenagers to succeed, and they're told to succeed. And I think it's one of the things that, that drives the whole idea of the selfie. Um, it's one of the things that's kind of ubiquitous amongst teenagers. Uh, they love taking pictures of themselves. And I think one of the reasons, they don't just take it for their own benefit. They do it so that they can post it on Instagram or uh, on Facebook or whatever it might be. Uh, and they want to show themselves, so they want everyone to see that they've succeeded. Maybe they've climbed a mountain, or maybe they've cooked a, di- cooked a meal. Or perhaps they've graduated, or maybe they've got engaged, or perhaps they've got on a plane. Um, they. Oh, oh yeah. Anyway, so we we the whole idea of the selfie is about people seeing that we have succeeded, that we that we are successes. But of course, it's not just for our children or our teenagers where our success is is placed before us. When you, when you leave and you join the workforce, of course, success is always there. We're driven to succeed. And so we might be driven, perhaps, to get that promotion, to get that great job, to, to be in charge, to be the boss. 
Uh, we're also driven, we're seen to be successful if we can perhaps buy ourselves a house, maybe on the central coast or something, uh, or, or better still, even in Linfield. Uh, it's, we're successful if we are able to buy ourselves some property. It's a success that for many people is kind of pushed off into the distance nowadays. Um, we're also seen to be successful if we can find ourselves a partner. That's a successful thing. Or perhaps we can have children, successful children, all the better. Maybe they're, they're really great at football. They score great goals from halfway, for instance. Uh, or they, uh, they manage to go really well in HSC, show how clever they are. Or maybe if they're just happy. If we can have happy and healthy children, it's seen to be, be a success. We want to succeed in all of these things, don't we? But of course, it doesn't, it doesn't even finish when you're in the workplace. When you retire... The drive to succeed is still there. And so uh, what, what makes a set successful retirement? Well, for many, it's uh, being able to travel, being well enough to be able to travel. And so the grey nomads go out. Uh, as soon as the school holidays finish, away they go. Um, they travel around Australia. They've got their um, caravan or their whatever, camper trailer in tow. Um, away they go. What a, what a great stage of life to be at. To, they've succeeded. They're able to, to spend their time travelling around and enjoying the world. Or, or perhaps um, success is seen having great hordes of grandchildren around you. Um, it's great to have family who are there, kids who love you and support you. Or perhaps uh, success is just being able to have a really well-manicured lawn uh, or really manicured garden. From, our, from, the bir- from our birth to the grave, we are driven by success. We love it. Our society loves it. And if, you're, if we're honest with ourselves, I think we're all driven by some of those things, aren't we? I love to see all those things. Wouldn't you love to experience all of those things? Great marks, great job, great home, great family, great holidays. What a successful life that would be. Well, today's story from Luke chapter 12 is a great success story. And so you might like to turn it up. Uh, if, you haven't, if you're not there already, Luke chapter 12, starting at verse 16, Jesus tells a story of a man who is very rich. And he's diversified. He's got into the, uh, the primary industry sector. And he's, uh, he's doing really well for himself, just like the rest of his business. Uh, the primary industry is working really well. Um, and so what, he's, what has he done? He's cleared the rocks. He's, uh, he's prepared the, well, the ground well. He is uh, made sure it's all clear. Uh, he's added fertilizer to the soil. He's added fertilizer to the soil to make sure his plants grow. He's made sure that it's, everything is really well irrigated, um, and he's also made sure that he's got the best genetically modified crops that um, that produce the greatest yield. This guy's a really good farmer, but he's got one problem. His problem is that at the end of, at the harvest, he brings in the grain that has grown and the problem is that he's got so much. He's got this mountain of grain that's come in and the problem is his silos, his silos are too small. They're not big enough to hold all the grain that's come in. Now, it's a nice problem to have, isn't it? To have uh, so much return on your investment that you've got nowhere to put it. What a great success this man is. And so like any successful uh, entrepreneur, what would you do if you've got that problem? You look at, you see your, your silos, you see they're really not big enough. And so I figure, well, I've got to make them bigger. So that's what he does. He makes them bigger, big enough to hold all of his grain. 
This guy is a, is a huge success. As he looks at what he's earned, he's got so much kind of potential money there. As he's, if he's sold off all this grain, he's got so much money there that he actually doesn't need to work again. Now, wouldn't that be fantastic? Imagine what that would be like to get to the point of your life, just a young farmer or banker or whatever it might be, just imagine getting to that point where you didn't have to work again. How great would that be? How fantastic would that be? This guy would be the first century pinup boy, if you like. He would be uh, like uh, Elon Musk and Gina Reinhart and Bill Gates all kind of rolled up into one. He'd be doing the, uh, the tour of all the speaking tours and people would get him up doing, making TED Talks to hear about how great, his, uh, how great his methods were to produce such things. And they'd want to hear about the secrets of his success. This guy's been a great success. He's got all of these things. Now, if you're in that situation and you'd gained all of those things and you could do whatever you wanted, and you didn't have to work another day in your life, what would you do? Well, I'd be tempted to say, well, crack open the bubbly. Let's uh, go on a great holiday. Uh, Maybe buy that Ferrari chariot I've been wanting all all my life. Um, Whatever it might be, there's all all these great things I want to do. I can now do them. And that's what the guy does. In verse 19, you have a look. He says, I lost it. Yeah, plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy, eat, drink, and be merry. What a success story this man is. He would fit right into East Linfield. He's just the perfect East Linfield resident. He's got it all. Everything's organised. Everything's done. It's fantastic. And that's the end of the story, isn't it? Well, that's where Peter finished. don't know why he finished there. Maybe he was asked to. Because actually, the story ends. The story continues, uh, and the story has a tragic twist. In verse 20, Jesus says, But God said to him, You fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? How unlucky is this guy? He's worked so hard and got so far and suddenly it's gone. I mean, maybe the old ticker just couldn't cope. You know, he's had so many long nights out in the farm and and caring for his crops. Maybe it was just, he just gave up in the end. But what a tragedy. Reminds me of that song by Alanis Morissette. Can you remember it? Um, Isn't it ironic? Old man turns 98, wins the lottery and dies the next day. Isn't it ironic? And what a great irony this is. But it's interesting that Jesus doesn't describe it as an irony or even as a tragedy. He says, you fool. It's pretty harsh, isn't it? I mean, this guy's worked really hard. He's done really, really well. And Jesus calls him a fool. I mean, surely this guy is someone to look up to, someone to emulate, someone to be like. You fool, says Jesus. Why is he a fool? He doesn't realise that he's actually missed out on one important fact. That life is short. Life is fragile. 
life will not go on forever, and the things that we le- the, the things that we have we cannot take with us. This guy had great short-term success, but in his in the end, his his final tally is exactly as the, the same as the as the person who grew up sponging off their parents till their mid thirties. And then moving out into a uh, public housing and just taking welfare for the rest of their lives and never achieving anything. Their tally is exactly the same. Both of them take nothing, nothing with them. This man, for all his work, for all his success, didn't realise he was playing a zero-sum game. You start with nothing, you end with nothing. And that's it. Success, worldly success, comes with a hidden catch. The catch is you will never get there. In that, that book of Ecclesiastes where we had the second reading that Bruce led, read from, he says it's, it, he, the writer puts it beautifully. He says it's like trying to chase a cloud or trying to chase a mist that whenever you try to grab it, it just slips through your fingers. Success We'll never get there by chasing it. If you don't believe me, have a listen to some of the people who, in our, by worldly standards, are incredibly successful. Some of you will have heard of this guy, a guy by the name of Tom Brady. Has anyone ever heard of him? Um, he's, a, he's a quarterback for the uh, New England Patriots, um, probably the most famous quarterback of all time. Um, he's, he's, he's won more Super Bowl rings than anyone else. Um, this is what Tom Brady said uh, about his life. He says, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think that somebody's calling? Why do, I, why do I have three Super Bowl rings and still think there's something greater for me? This can't be what it's all cracked up to be. He said, I've achieved everything, but it seems so empty. Some of you have heard of this guy, um, Ellis Presley. Relatively famous, relatively successful. Um, six weeks before he died, Elvis was interviewed. Uh, the interviewer said, Elvis, when you first started playing music, you said you wanted to be rich, famous and happy. Well, you're rich and famous, but are you happy? Elvis said, I'm lonely as hell. Some of you will recognise this guy. Um, Freddie Mercury, lead singer of Queen, again, shortly before his death, He was interviewed, and this is what he said. Success has brought me world idolisation and millions of dollars, but it's prevented me from having the one thing we all need, a loving, ongoing relationship. How tragic, how sad. These people have been so successful who have it all. And speaking of people who have it all, how about this guy? This is Alexander the Great. By the age of 30... By the age of 30, I'll say it again, by the age of 30, Alexander the Great had conquered the whole known world. By the age of 30, there's a man who has a drive to succeed. Once he had done that, he was found weeping in his tent because he said, there are no more worlds to conquer. Poor old Alexander. All of these people had great success. But when they got it, they realised how empty it was, 
how even though they chased after all of these things, they, 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 they got there and they realized it didn't deliver what it promised. That's what worldly success does for us. And I don't think it's just the rich and famous who feel that way. My guess is if we went and door knocked East Linfield and we, we saw these people with beautiful houses, you know, uh, Teslas in the, front, in the driveway uh, and all those kinds of things, if we, if we went and knocked on their front door, my guess is there'd be many people who said, yes, I've got a lot, but actually I still feel like there's something missing. Life, there's, life still, there's still something more I need. That verse, again, the first verse that Bruce read, those who have money never have money enough. We never get there. We never become wealthy enough. Success won't allow us to. At this point, you may be thinking, well, thank you, Steve, for making my life so depressing because I've come here and I thought, I, you know, my work life, I work all, all week trying to get enough to pay off this house or to pay off these holidays or these cars, whatever it is. I work for all these things. I've got this family and, you know, we're working hard and we're trying to keep all the balls in the air and now you're telling me it's all worthless. It's all a waste of time. Why do you tell me this? Well, actually, why does Jesus tell us this story? Well, he doesn't, he doesn't tell us this story so that we would be depressed. He tells us so that we can actually know where true success lies. You see, the story didn't end at verse 20. Verse 21, Jesus says, This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves, but is not rich towards God. How do you gain true success? You gain true success by being rich towards God. How are you rich towards God? Probably the most famous Bible verse uh, that there is, John 3.16, Jesus says, Whoever believes in me will have eternal life. How do you become rich towards God? It's not by doing great things, not by succeeding and running great Easter Feast activities that you know, thousands of people come to. No, the way we become rich towards God is by trusting him. Seems too simple, and yet that's what it is. Just like the branch on that tree that the Holy showed at the beginning, all it needs to do is to learn to trust the vine, and then we'll have eternal success. You see, no matter what we achieve in this life, in a hundred years' time, in two hundred years' time, in a thousand years' time, we'll either be completely forgotten, or may perhaps be, if we're really lucky, a footnote on some web page in the back of nowhere. Our lives will be forgotten, but not if we trust in Jesus. Because if we put our hope and our trust in him, we will receive eternal life. We'll have eternal success. So this morning, as we, as we come to Easter Fest, I want to encourage you um, to think about where your life is headed. What are you chasing after? What is the goal that you're working towards? Are you working for earthly success in whatever shape or form it is for you. If you are, I've got bad news for you. It will not satisfy. It will not give you what you chase after. What we really need is to put our hope and our trust in the one who will give us eternal success, eternal life. 
this Easter fest, let me encourage you to investigate, to explore, to ask questions about this life, about this person, about this Saviour. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you um, that you don't just let us go off wildly on our own lives without telling us how we should live. We thank you for this great story that Jesus told, uh, this great warning. And so, Father, we pray, I want to pray for everybody who's in this room that we might all examine our hearts, examine our lives, where we are going. And, Father, we pray that you might help us to seek after eternal success, not something that will fade away in 5, 10, 15, 20, 100 years, but success that will be there forever and ever and ever. For we pray in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen.